0: Hey everybody, it's the A to Z Podcast. Zach Jackson Andre Dre Knott, A to Z Podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z Podcast at Akron Jackson at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts as always to Scene, to the honeymoon grill, to American Fireworks, been with us for a long time, supporting us, thanks to you guys. Remember, American Fireworks is always open at American Fireworks.com, and especially in this brutal cold, we are thinking about warm. We are thinking about Memorial Day only being three months away. We're holding out hope. Um, Dre, the Super Bowl's hey, over, so I don't really got nothing to talk about. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time.
1: Baseball Minute. will be back with you on April 1st when we get the baseball season underway. Basketball season's going right down the toilet as the Cavaliers are on a West Coast road trip. And Andre's ego is about the size of a penny after the Beacon Journal decides to put Antoine Winfield Jr. on the cover of the sports page <laughs> giving the deuce sign to Tariq. To- Let <laughs> Tariq me say this. Let me say this. As as I'm eating my wait, wait, as I'm my Honey Nut Cheerios this morning, and my son is sitting there eating Cheerios with me and spilling milk all over my goddamn table, I'm looking at that picture going, "Why did Antoine Winfield hit me in the 1983? And that motherfucker has that kid, and I'm sitting here with the kid with milk no all over him." We'll be back next week.
0: <laughs> I thought that was one of the greatest taunts in NFL history. I really Absolutely. did. And usually I'm get-off-my-lawn-guy, I'm rolling my eyes, I'm like, I can't believe you guys are costing your team by acting like idiots. But, like, I thought the yards should have been awarded for that because it wasn't forced, right? The timing of it was so right, and that defense kicked the Chiefs' ass. And Tyreek had 204 yards in the first quarter on them in the regular season game and threw up the deuces at him a bunch. So he threw it back, and I thought, oh, man, that's really good.
1: I mean, it goes back to the old story that we always talk about. And what and, what a, and what an A to Z way to break down this Super Bowl. We go from back to front because that's how we do it. Um, that's the old adage. When we talk about people running up scores, when we talk about um, people, you know, not respecting the game and all that other conversation that gets made up or brought up or talked about throughout sports that we hear in college, we hear in the pros. Um, and this was taken care of perfectly. If you like something that someone is doing to you on the other team, stop them. And that's what the Tampa Bay Bucs did. Tyreek Hill has been chucking the deuces for two years. Flipping into this, into this, into this, and I like, Tyreek Hill is one of my, he's one of my conundrums of players. And I, and if you know me, you know this. um, And if you listen to this podcast, you've kind of picked up on it. On one hand, I would love to brag about what Tyreek and we kind of did in the last podcast talking about the Super Bowl. On one hand, I would love to brag about, and I kind of did with Andy Reed last week. I'd love to brag that they found an undersized player because and I said this. He's he's uh the ice cube McNeil when Bernie Kozar was playing to make it like they were letting him return kicks and he'd have been like the fifth receiver. It's unbelievable that Andy Reed let this <laughs> this five foot eight, five foot nine speedster become what he's letting him become. And used him the way that he's used him. And on two-fold, and I think that's more part of the reason why Tampa Bay kicked their butt. Because you heard after the game, the Tampa Bay guys said, they ain't a physical team. They, they, you know, they, they play too pretty. And nobody said that about Kansas City for two years straight until Tampa decided we're going to punch them in the mouth and not play afraid of them and kick their front sevens, you know, front. Kick their butt. Now, if Fisher plays and Schwartz plays, it's a different game. But in life, you can't always show up with your A1s. And sometimes you've got to show up with your, you know, with the, with the B squad and see what you can do. The other part of Tyreek Hill that I hate, because I, he is the guy that you want to brag to the undersized guy, you can be. You can be the focal point of an offense and be the undersized guy. You, it can happen. They're doing it. But I hate everything that he stands for and everything he is, and it kind of makes me not like the Kansas City um, organization. Yes, the people deserve second chances, sure. But when you've been accused, and probably rightfully so accused, of hitting your pregnant girlfriend and accused, of possibly breaking a child's arm. He's got some fucking issues that, and I'm not, and you guys know I'm not rally outside the stadium guy before a game, but I find issue. And maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because I'm a father, maybe because I have a daughter, but I can admit I have issues watching Tyreek Hill play football. And, and Zach, I can tell you 15, 20 years ago, I would have never thought I would have said what I'm saying. Um, but I can tell you in 2021, I feel icky sometimes watching him play football because i can't stand the stuff i know about him outside of the field and that's fair and
0: you're not alone in that um you know i go back to this when the nfl says they can play when the organizations say we're committed and they follow those rules you know you're allowed to feel icky um they've done what they can do <laughs> you know uh Those years I sat in the draft room, Dre, those were the most fascinating things. I mean, I sat and watched them applaud that certain teams took certain guys because they didn't want to be faced with that decision. Right? I sat in the meeting three days before and watched them go through and applaud when it was like such and such player is not going to get to us and we're not going to be faced with, with this decision. Or do we want X guy even on the board, right? Um, Right. The thing about Tyreek Hill is he's one of the most unique players that we've ever seen, right? Um, The thing about Tyreek Hill is his situation was so bad at one time that the University of Akron did not let him in. Right. I mean, yeah, and, you know, you go down this road, right, and you're making light of it. Um, And it's dangerous to even say, like, I do believe that him and the girlfriend have split and that he's avoided trouble, right? Um, hopefully the right people got through to him and said, this is your chance. You were on your last strike. You cannot do this anymore. You know, the Chiefs invested in this guy. They've invested in those other guys, and that's, that's the business. Um,
1: they've given a pretty fair contract, though, man. I guess what bothers me, and look, I'm not you, – you, you guys know me, and I know Zach knows me better than most. I'm not character I'm not, you know, character one oh one guy. I don't have perfect character. All of us have skeletons in our in our closet. All of us do. Um and I know that on social media we love to have the gotcha moments and act like, you know, everybody's suffering than everybody else and everybody's made never made a mistake. There's just certain things as a parent. I get I always go back to <laughs> like we always do. We always go back to the Chris Rock um thing. And remember when Chris Rock talked about um Mary and Barry? You know, DC's mayor's doing crack Got his job back Couldn't get your shit job back Working at Arby's if you did that shit Like, like yeah. Like it kills me Like like working at Dairy Queen Tyreek Hill don't get his job back for that shit If he's accused of what he's accused for no, And that, I
0: get it, it's sports It's exactly right And it also comes down to this Like when you work at The Athletic Or you work at um, Sports Time Or you work at
1: Where, uh, Westlake Schools <laughs>
0: Like what goes on at Dairy Queen and Magador Really ain't your business you know, right. That's for them right. to decide, that. you know, True that. <laughs> um, <True. laughs> yeah, no, listen, I, I, here's the truth. And I worked in the NFL and the rest of my career has been built around covering the NFL. You're allowed to feel as icky as you want. <laughs> you are, <Yeah. laughs> you know, yeah. you're also allowed to buy tickets and buy the jerseys and plan your week around the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I have had this weird week, Jerry, because usually this post Super Bowl thing is like this. Huge hangover, right? Because the season builds to it, and then you have a big party and all that. Um, right. You know, on the other hand, we were quarantined for two weeks before, two days before <laughs> the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, watched the game, but like to me, early in the third quarter, the result was not in doubt. I think you said it well. It came out; they kicked their butts defensively. Um, the Chiefs had a obviously picked a bad night to have a bad night, but the, the Bucks had a whole lot to do with that. The way they forced them into things and took yeah. away things. Uh, the thing involving Andy Reid's son hung over everything. It's disgusting. It makes you want to throw up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think you're happy for the Bucks. Like, Gronk, you know, I don't know that we'll ever really know what he's really like, and that's fine. And yeah. Man, he was put <laughs> on this earth to do a few things and play football as one of them. And they didn't use him for like two months and he was ready for the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know? Same
1: with Fournette. Yeah. With Bruce, you there. Just, you, you just hit on something that Tampa did so well. And by the way, isn't it crazy that Tampa Bay Bucks? you just made me think of this, and then I want to get to Fournette. The Bucks in their two championship seasons, came in very odd seasons. The first one was in John Gruden's first season there, basically took over Dungey's team. He won, and one of the best players on the team the day of the game was a safety from Akron named Dwight Smith, I believe was his name. Number 26 mm-hmm. had a pick had a pick six in that game. I think they had two pick sixes in that game. Um, it's just funny that there was an Akron combination at safety in both of the Super Bowl championships wins for the Bucs. Dwight Smith um, was Super Bowl
0: MVP, th- remember? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kid that played for Macron, I want to say he was in the Detroit area, originally played corner at Yeah, he Akron. played for the Zips. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was played for the Zips, could run, could fly. Then you got Winfield playing safety for him, so – if the Bucks have someone that has some connection to Akron, Ohio, in their secondary, they may win the Super Bowl. Remember that, kids. Um, the other thing is I thought that – and I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. Zach and I have been huge Bruce Arians fans way before it was cool to be Bruce Arians fans. And, and that's just because we've known him, you know, since 2000, 2001. But I got to take my hat off to him. And I, and I know Zach probably doesn't feel comfortable talking about it all the time. Some of you that listen to the podcast get sick of talking about. Just want to hear about sports, but I gotta say it. Being who I am and what it is, I, I tip my hat to Bruce Arians that he actually has a staff that looks like America. I'm not saying that you got all your coordinators got to be black. I'm not saying you got to have women on your staff, or a certain amount of them. But it's nice that a man that that coached with Bear Bryant in 1980, um, a man that's coached, you know, everywhere from you know below the Mississippi and above the Mississippi. Has a, a man that was, you know, that played at Virginia Tech and had his his first black roommate, the first black roommates, white black roommates, have ever had at Virginia Tech, and his one roommate happened to be Tiki Barber's dad and Ronnie Barber Barber's dad. Um, it means something to him that inclusion means something to him. It's not something that he just says on Martin Luther King Day. It's not something that he just has to say when they want him to do a PSA for the Browns for the the league. Um, he lives it. And by living it, he has a Super Bowl championship to walk away with it. So, kudos to him. And, all right, throw all that out. He's a hell of a fucking coach. The way that he kept those older guys, Zach mentions Gronk, did not overuse Gronk all year long. And because Tom Brady, and we'll get to the Tom Brady factor, but because they have all those stars on that team that were willing to put their egos to the side and just win, you had a guy like Mike Evans who didn't have the numbers that he usually has Godwin is a guy that's going into a money year who, by rights, you know, should have been trying to show out every week this year. And he was banged up or whatever else. You don't play Gronk the way we thought we would see Gronk. Even after Howard. Don't they? They have O.J. Howard. And Howard got hurt earlier in the year. Yeah. Didn't use him to, you know, so they lose them. And when they lost him, I thought, okay, Gronk is going to get, you know, eight eight a night. They didn't do that. And he also did that with Leonard or with Fournette. And Fournette, and I remember Tom with text tweeted during the NFC Championship game, he goes, that's the best run I've ever seen Fournette have. And I'm like, no, you just forget what he looked looked like when he was at LSU and when he looked like in the playoff games against the Pittsburgh Steelers when he actually cared his first year in the league. But Bruce was smart. Big backs wear down late in the season. So he got two of them. And what did Fournette do in the last three games they had? He looked like – because to me, Zach, Fournette was the closest thing to Adrian Peterson when he came out. Like to me, there was no like I, like, and I know there's other backs we can talk about from college, but there's like three backs that stand out to me over the last 25, 30 years that were just head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. Peterson, 13 with the with the with the Buckeyes was unbelievable. Well, Elliott, obviously Zeke, but Clarette was up there, and Leonard and Furn- Fournette to me are the four best running backs of the last college running backs of the last four years. And Bruce was smart. He didn't kill those guys. And, you know, October or November, when most coaches would, he played it out right. They were ready when he needed them to
0: be. it. I'll tell you this. I mean, I feel like I keep getting, you know, if I read my mentions, I keep getting dumber and dumber and wronger and wronger all the time. But I feel like on this podcast we've gotten four or five right over the years. Right? <laughs> and one of them is that it ain't always the best team that wins. It's the hot team that wins. Nope. You ain't lying. And another one is that when you're dealing with a monster and that's what the Chiefs are and are going to continue to be, Like, when you play them once, if you're worth a shit, as a coaching staff, as a team, as an organization, like, you learn from that, right? You got served a big piece of first quarter humble pie, got the deuces about three times, right? (laughs) And they came back from that. Now, Leonard Fournette, um, certainly in two decades ago into the combine, that's a guy I remember of, he walks in the room or you pass him in the hallway and you say, holy shit. Uh right. I always talk about how Cam Newton looks a little bit like Miles Garrett. I mean Leonard Fournette as a running back looks a little bit like Cam Newton. <laughs> you know? Um Yeah, he does. You're right. But but with but with much more of a chest, you know? Uh right. For sure. No, and and like, you know, things went sideways for him and and yeah, so redemption angle. Uh, I like your coaching angle and and I like I like Bruce's response to that of these guys are good coaches. Like I don't I don't right, think about that. Right. You know? Uh Byron Lefwich always been a favorite of mine, you know, from being a Matt quarterback and the famous uh, play in the rubber bowl to just Yeah, carrying
1: the Rubber Bowls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but
0: just always every time and I wasn't around him that often, but every time I was around, him, you'd see him just smiling. You know, now he'd be getting the Gary Coleman memes like crazy, right? And everybody'd be saying he sucks. <laughs> I mean, this is what we do. How about like, right, this is what I was right. thinking about this morning. I, I was up super early this morning and, you know, knowing we were probably going to podcast today, uh, I was driving to get my hair cut for the first time in like three months. Oh my God, it was a disaster. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I was just kind of talking out loud to myself. What What are we going to talk about? You know, and like. We have such recency bias And th- even though I think a lot of people Use that term in a way to make themselves Sound smart and not just sit here and talk right. Football or basketball or whatever Like we do, like I think a lot of people Think Josh Allen sucks, I think a lot of People think the Chiefs are Not a dynasty, you know, and we'll see On those things, right, but like The Bucks for, for Five or six weeks and specifically for, for Three hours on, on this Sunday And, and I know that, that the Packers Got to be just throwing up um, oh, but oh. like I said, my recollection of that game is that, you know, you didn't want to write off Mahomes because he's Mahomes and because they have that firepower, but they were out of dudes. I mean, they got Daryl Williams playing, they got those tackles playing, they got no business and the bucks just taking it to them. Just, just staying on the gas. Right. Um, I yep. mean, they didn't score a yep. touchdown in the super bowl, Dre, that offense. So amazing. Uh, yeah. How important off to are that. your
1: tackles? But um, how important are your tackles? Can-
0: Here's a thing, too, to to keep in mind as we spin this forward. Yes, offensive line is very important, Uh, week one through week 20, no doubt. Yep. (laughs) But, like, they have collected and drafted and traded for good players. And, you know, Levante David, I didn't realize he was 31. He's been around a long time. He's been a good player for a long time. But about three years ago, and this is an organization that's struggled since that aforementioned Super Bowl by you. You know, they took an off-ball linebacker at number five because they really believed he was a good player. Um, Right. I watched every snap of the four playoff games. I can tell you they don't win the Super Bowl without Vontae David and without Devin White. They needed both of them. You're right. That's You know, things are going a certain way and great ideas get copied. And everybody has it different. I mean, I'll say this. The reason I think the Browns really are in that mix is they have that run game that's just different that nobody else has and that you don't see otherwise right Right. but like you can't afraid to be be afraid to be different and you can't just live by that list or that sheet or whatever it is because you got to have a lot of good players and it comes to a point that it doesn't matter what position they play um you need them to deliver and those two cats did
1: well look at the Tampa secondary when you talk about just having very good players and not getting caught up in the name tags or or, you know like you said they take up they take the one linebacker for fifth overall and people are like well what, what are you doing um, they also took – they took the tackle from Iowa that I thought the Browns were going to take, Tristan uh, Warfs. And that kid only gave up one sack all year long, Zach. Yeah. I mean, he was – I mean, if you got Tom Brady and – I, and I remember I had a fight long years ago. Peyton Manning was going to Super Bowls I had a fight with Bob France, and I was just being an asshole just because I, I knew I could prove all, he was wrong and make him look stupid, and that was more fun because he loved Peyton Manning. And I was just like – their most important players are left tackle because if the left tackle can't block for him, Peyton manning can't throw. And let me cut you off real so quick. Mad.
0: I've all, I've always liked Bob but but looking stupid's never been something that's too hard for him. so go
1: ahead
0: yeah <laughs> you you admitted to liking
1: him I won't. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, we had some fun at those round tables. you know you were so drunk you don't remember yeah. them, but we had some fun.
1: <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> okay carry on yeah that's fair that's the best part of doing those round tables that tells you how old we are we, we, like, it i like, mean there was really a couple times i would
0: look looking i'd say i cannot believe andre's on the radio right now because andre has no idea that he's on the radio right
1: <laughs> <laughs> i talked more quiet when the when we were on the air than off the air um but hey when, when radio works sometimes that was the best payment i got that year probably for yes uh, hey, come do this, hey, come talk in five hours. You can drink all you want. Say no more. Here I come. <laughs> and I drank all I could, too. Um, I, they're secondary, Zach. Not, we talk about Winfield. Obviously, Winfield's a big name to our podcast because of his daddy. But they're, they're all like 24, 25 or younger. They've all been drafted the last two years, the last three years. All young. All trying to kind of make a name for themselves. Their GM deserves a lot of credit. It is easy to get caught up in the Tom Brady part of things, as you should. I mean, hell, he, he is the GOAT. Whatever conversation you want to have with that. But they don't get there, as Zach was saying, without all the other moves that were made quietly. Look, the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, I'll say it. Mister, I like to lick my fingers. Jay bo if he don't throw 40 interceptions last year, That Bucs team is probably playing the Packers in the NFC Championship game or playing New Orleans in the second round of the playoffs. They've got talent is my point. And and now this marries to the importance of the quarterback position, right, Zach? Because we watch Winston, who's got a great arm, who was number one pick overall. Got all the talent in the world. A lot of people question what's going on inside the brain. And I think that's fair, especially when you consider some of the stories we've read about him and heard about him. But look at the difference of a, and he threw a ton of touchdowns last year, right? James threw. I wanted. He was one of the. I think he. Oh, damn near leader in touchdown passes. It shows you that a quarterback with the right team, you can go a long way. That's right. Tom Brady didn't like Tom Brady the first month of the season. The last three and a half. Good golly, he may play till he's fifty.
0: You know who gave Bruce Arians Tom Brady's cell number? No. Friend of show, Aaron Shea. Shea dog, really? He, he said Bru- Bru- Bruce didn't believe that Brady wanted to come to the Bucks, And Shea said, just let me give you a little hint. Give him a call.
1: Ah, oh, that is great that Shay did it. I was just <laughs> talking about Shay to somebody else. I love that guy.
0: Speaking of bars, speaking of Aaron Shea, anyway, we love yeah. that guy. <laughs> um, I do want to get a little personal here. On a couple quick things that are unrelated but i want to make sure i say this um before get we get that. into because i want to talk about Les levine for sure um so uh, sunday morning yeah super bowl morning um we had to be up early but i was up super early and you know got up despite my dad's best advice that if you get the goddamn dog you got to take care of the goddamn dog all the goddamn time <laughs> we got the dog and so when i woke up super early And was hesitant on going back to sleep for another 30 or 40. I made the decision it wasn't worth it. The dog wouldn't get out of the cage. We both had to pee outside. Anyway, I I had some stuff to do that morning, and I just decided I was going to tackle it. You know, on a regular work day, I'm not motivated, but it was Super Bowl Sunday. We'd been in the house for, like, 11 months. Like, it was time to tackle the outside world, at least for a brief couple of hours. So, take off, and... Part of my plan was, because there's been times I've been driving and I've realized I've had no gas, but part of my plan was I'm going to stop, I'm going to get some gas, I'm going to get some caffeine. Well, it was so early, Dre, and I pull into this big gas station and I think I'm like the only car there, there might be one other. And I go in and I don't have my mask on. And, you know, I'm tired of it, (laughs) I hate it, but I play by the rules, right? I, 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 Because I've gone in places and people haven't and I think, come on, dude, you're not that important, Right. But right, it's, right. it's seven or pre-7 a.m., and I'm, I am I have frozen brain. I have frozen claw brain, in fact. Right, right. Um,
1: And you ain't been out. And you ain't been out. And I haven't been long. out. Right, right. right. So list
0: of excuses, whatever. So I grab what I grab, and I go up, and I say, hey, you know, here you go. How, good morning. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I say the rest of the 20 or whatever it was on, on pump seven. He says, okay, cool. He looks at me, and he says, uh, hey, um your brother is the one who, who uh, has the podcast. And I say, oh, excuse me? And he goes, well, I great. don't mean to be nosy, but you're the only person in the whole world I've ever seen wearing a Pitt Greensburg basketball sweatshirt. <laughs> <He> goes, so <laughs> I figure you must be Brody <laughs> Jack. I said, no, I'm actually, I'm Zach. I, I have the podcast. And so shout oh. out to Dan for listening. And I just wanted to fully apologize to him and to the other two people that were in the store and say I'm not that dickhead. I was in that moment, but thank you for listening. And next time, I promise I'm gonna bring you an A to Z T shirt. Um, Yeah, that is great. It is great, isn't it? Put
1: a a mask (laughs) on the T shirt when you give it to it.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. We'll sanitize the shit out of it, Dan. I promise. There you go. There you go. That is great. But so it's been kind of a crazy week in our business. We've lost several people um, too young, and you know the one personally. You know, I think everybody who's ever watched ESPN knew Pedro Gomez, and I'll, and I'll let you. If yeah. you, I don't know if you knew him, knew him, I didn't.
1: Yeah, I got a story, I'm talking, so yeah. I can. Yeah, but
0: yeah. we knew Les Levine, and everybody in Cleveland knew Les Levine, and and Les is one of those people that that to the Cleveland community, to the Cleveland media community, and then the way I understand it now, from you know talking with Raj and with Andy Baskin, um, just the whole East Side, you know, the tight knit, right, right. Um, of the whole deal, but a couple things as far as personally with less, you know, I never worked directly with him, but that made me respect him even more in that we had somewhat of a good relationship because it was organic. It wasn't forced. Right. And it, it was him right. just right. being a nice man coming up, telling you he enjoyed listening to you. He enjoyed having you yep. on. He enjoyed reading your article. Just always smiling yep. and friendly. And frankly, not just in our business. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into calling people out or myself, but in the world, we need more. A lot of There's
1: a lot of assholes in our business. Yeah. Intended.
0: There's a lot of assholes in the world, too. <laughs> You're listening to two True of them, that. and we appreciate it. <laughs> um, True that. So, but the morning after he passed, and I think, was that tonight, Dre? Did, did you find out late at night and we were texting at, yeah, like at midnight? Yeah, I
1: texted you. I texted you like midnight. And yeah. So
0: yeah. the next morning, um, you know, I made sure to listen to Ken and Raj, uh, Raj um, and Les were very close. You know, right. Les did a lot of work on that station. And, uh, you know, they, I thought they did a wonderful job, for one. But I, I listened for probably 30 or 40 minutes. I forget. But anyway, a guy called in, and I wish I had his name, honestly. But he said, because I think we forget this, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, not just because football is over. But he said something to the effect of, for 30 years, I've been driving a truck between eight and 12 hours a day. Right. And he said, So, like, you guys, as bizarre as you are, you're kind of my family because you're who I talk to. Like, right. I make four uh, stops a day. Uh. And especially now, we don't talk to anybody.
1: <laughs> like, right? right. 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 He
0: said, So, he says, So, yes, I talk to my family and my neighbors and my coworkers about the Browns and about the Indians and about whatever. It's like, but our conversations are driven off what you guys say. You know, and and he, I don't think he was as old as less, but he was an older guy. He he made that clear. And I just thought, you know, how cool, Um, what a great way to throw a compliment, but maybe something we all, you know, need to remember. And like, we do take it seriously because we're serious about our sports. You know, there are more important things (laughs) in life. And I'm always the first one to say, if you have to say that, you're screwed to start with. But like to whoever that caller was, I just want to say thank you for the little kick in the butt. Uh, and to You're Les right. for all the all the kind words and stuff over the years, uh, I just want to say you know thank you to you. And um, it's a tremendous loss to those who were really close to him. I'm not one of them, but um, from everything I yeah. know, uh, what what a really really
1: good guy. Um, this is gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard because there are three names that we've lost in this business over the last two weeks. That I wasn't best friends with any of them, but I knew all all of them and because of that it's hard for me Say Chris smith is the other one who passed away worked for nba um and i'll start with him worked for nba.com formerly uh worked for the uh, atlanta journal um constitutional he interned at the cleveland Plain dealer with Jamel hill way back when uh we were he's older than me um but it starts off when I used to do when I, when I used to do job, uh, play the music and sit behind Joe Tate. Um, I'll never forget because he covered Indiana Pacers at one time. Uh, he was Indian the Pacers beat writer, and in this little uh, small Nick community that is writers, you know, reporters. Um, you know, some guys sit up there and and I won't use any other names because we're talking about people that we've lost. Some people sit up there and because they've been on NBA TV or ESPN. They act like their shit don't stink. Others sit up there and they're normal human beings, you know. Like it's and, you know, and it's not me calling anybody out, but Seku sat next to me, and this is probably 17, 16 years ago, probably 15 years ago, and we happened to have this, when we stood up for the national anthem, Zach, and we looked down and, and we both had the same watch on. And I remember my mom had got it for me for like Christmas, and it was right after Christmas. And he, his wife or girlfriend at the time had gotten the wet wash for him. And literally, it was that. And I and I can't, as you guys, I can barely remember what I did two weeks ago. But I can remember that conversation and how cool this dude was. And he was just the Pacers, right? You know what I mean? Like, I remember like, when he walked away, I was like, I remember his name, Seku, because I had a cousin named that. And, I was, and you just don't know a lot of people named Seku. And I got to tell you, man, that was before LeBron was playing for the Cavs. And every time that dude saw me, Trey, what's up? How's your mom? You get you a new watch. Like, always remembered that. Always asked about my family. Always was ca- cared about my career. Um, when I stopped doing the Browns, when I stopped doing the Cavs thing, and, like, he saw Sabo doing it, he saw me, like, at a Cavs playoff game. Like, you know, he's like, dog, did you lose your job? What happened? And I told him. I was like, no, nah, man, I'm, you know, I'm actually a Browns sideline reporter. And he hugged me, Zach, like we were long-lost, like, brothers. He's like, man, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud for you to the point of, he would listen to Browns games and like shoot me messages, like, hey man, I just heard you, blah, 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 like, I'm proud of you. Um, To me not having that job, to me being, having the Indians job, like, say Smith, who he ended up being, being on NBA TV and working for NBA.com for the last 10 years, 11 years, did not have to be the person he was to me, but that was just the person he was. Um, he was just a really good guy, and he passed away two weeks ago um, from the coronavirus. That's that, 48 years old um, with three kids. Um, one of the nicest people I've ever dealt with. Pedro Gomez. Um, same thing. I know the running joke amongst a lot of us, a lot of people was like, oh, that's the Barry Bonds guy. I remember him because I'll be honest with you guys, and this is like me completely tearing, tearing a bandage off. I still, and, and I can admit this, there's still people I see like Peter Gammon's a $20 bill where I'm, like, still kind of in awe a little bit. Like, because it's like, oh, shit, like, that's one of the reasons why I like doing this job. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I, I watched him growing up. That guy knows everything. He knows everything. And Pedro Gomez was like that for me because Pedro Gomez, for me, when doing baseball games, and I don't know. We got this weird machoism, all of us. I'm just I'm, I'm being very open. Because sometimes when national writers or national guys come in and you're on the beat you do a game every day, you kind of get pissed when the national guys get in a little bit because you're like, dude, I bust my ass every single day covering this team. And you just think you're just going to come in here and, and big league everybody. And some of those guys do that. And, it, you know, it, and I guess if I ever become that guy, I mean, that's the job. What are you supposed to do? Come in and not get the big interviews? Um, but Pedro Gomez came in and instantly, him and, Buster, um, him and Buster are both great at this with me. Buster from, you guys know Buster with ESPN. Pedro came right in and he saw me talking to, to Lindor or Jose Ramirez and he knows Spanish. I don't. And I walked away laughing and Pedro was like, are you guys done? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, it's all, you know, they're all you. And he came up to me like, you know, an hour before first pitch And Zach, he put his arm around me. And he goes, Andre, I got to tell you when we watch games, he goes, whether I'm in Arizona at home or wherever else we always talk about, you are exactly how this job should be done. You are so good at this job and so good at getting the most out of these players. Thank you for your personality. Pedro Gomez never had to do that for me. He never, like, I was just, I was flabbergasted to even knew who I was. Um, And nonetheless, and Pedro was always like that. Pedro treated me like that if it was an, an an August game or if it was a World Series game. When he saw me, he stopped. Andre, how are you? Andre, you got anything good that I need to know or I should be looking for? To me, that in our business, act, that's the biggest sign of respect, when a national guy like that comes over and basically tips his hat and he's like, am I missing the story? You know what I mean? Am I missing something? You got something? Not, hey, can I steal a story from you? It, it's a respectful thing of, hey, man, do I got everything? Because I know you got everything covered. To me, that's better than getting a check sometimes. That a guy like that would say that. and A guy like Buster says that. Buster goes out of his way during spring training to tell you know, to tell Terry Francona, Andre's the best in the game. Everybody at ESPN knows it. He's the best sideline guy in the game, and when you guys screw it up, they're going to take you. And Tito goes, "Don't tell him that his head is too big already." <laughs> and it's funny, and it's true. It is true. <laughs> <that's>, it's true. <laughs> the funniest shit's always the true shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's why Tito did it. Bring, my, he goes, "Don't let his ass get too feel too good about himself." But those moments mean the most, and, I, and that leads me back to Les because I didn't have a buddy-buddy relationship with Les, um, but I grew up. Like everyone that listens to this podcast, I grew up knowing who he was. I grew up knowing, you know, how he did things and how he went about things. And I got to know him when I was early in in my career. But I was too nerve-wracked to, like, throw it out there that I, you know, there were things about him I wanted to learn from him. But as Zach said, the same thing kind of happened with me as I went along in my career. One of the nicest things, and Terry Pluto helped make this happen, he got me on the show one time probably back in like 07, 08. And rather than just put me right on the show, Les just went right in talking to me off the air of how proud he was of the growth that I had made. And if I ever needed anything to please let him know Um, and, you know, and and ask me what what the rest of my aspirations were. Everybody in this business and everybody in this world doesn't do those type of things. Um, And I appreciate it. It was a small, small things like that. That I always tell my wife, they mean more than a check. And Les Levine was a guy that did that. Yeah, I didn't listen to every show that he had. I love that the one memory that we all have of him um, is that you knew if the Browns coach messed up on a. I don't know if you remember this, Zach. I'm sure you'll remember when I bring it up. Oh yeah, but absolutely. I David, remember. Butch, yeah. it, you, know, you know, what I mean. If Butch Davis messed up the time or didn't use the time, didn't use the timeout. If Romeo Cornell didn't use the timeout. If Chun didn't use the timeout. Right or screwed up the time, the clock before halftime, there was a 100% guarantee that Les Levine was going to be at that Monday morning post-game post-conference, and he was going to raise his hand and make sure he asked the coach what the hell they were doing with their timeouts. And I remember it would almost annoy me at times when I was covering the team. But I got to tell you, Zach, and I, we're not that old, but I'm getting to that point I respect. And those type of moments mean so much more to me now um, than they did then. But I knew Les was, was going to be on your ass if you didn't use a timeout or you heck bad clock management. Um, so my heart goes out to his family. My heart goes out to all the fans that listen to him. And what he's made Cleveland media. Because to be completely 100% God-honest truth, the A to Z podcast means very little without people like Les Levine. Um this, this city, this town, this, this region – has a very strong, you know, connection and with radio and television personalities, from Pete Franklins to you-don't-got-to-like-them-all, um, you know, to the Trevisanos to the Jim Donovans, um, the, the Casey Colmans. You can say all these names, and these names are, you know, these names mean things in people's households. And as, as Zach brought up about that phone call that he heard, um, it's so dead on. And I think for all of us that are in this business, we have to take, you know. I know when I was younger, I looked at this business way differently than I do now. And there's times where I shake my head at certain people and certain takes. Um, but there is a role played in it that you know you are an important part. To me, I was just telling, I was just telling uh, Emmett and Gerard today. They, were, they had a question on their show today. What's your least favorite toppings on a pizza? And if that ain't an 8 it's easy thing to do, I don't know what is. <laughs> and as they were bitching about things, I like texted them and was like, dude. I worked in a pizza shop, and this is where my love for radio and my love for, for this business came. From 17 until 23, I delivered pizzas. And I spent many a Saturday when I stopped playing football, and I spent many a Friday night, many a Thursday listening to Joe Tate, listening to to, to college football games, listening, to, and I mean all of them. Now, Zach's best friends with the old, with Joe Dunn and all those guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, hey, A to Z isn't A to Z, and Andre Knot's not Andre Knot with all those days and all those hours, spitting my car, delivering pizza keeping up with the Tom Hamilton, doing a baseball Zach game. Zach flipping to the with Kansas Joe
0: game. Dunn. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Whenever it is tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, I don't know what day it is, whenever Ian listens, he is my phone is going to ring. He's going to call me. And before I answer it, I'm going to screenshot it, okay? And I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> okay. He's going to call me because gotcha. he's going to be laughing so hard at that, I guarantee. <laughs> oh, Les was very funny, very, very funny. Um, it's hard to be. And some a lot of times when you try to be, you're not. Uh, but exactly. Raj brought up one of his best lines and Les said, well, I mean, more sports and less Levine. That's the that's job I applied for and I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I drove off the road. But um, one time I did Les's TV show, <clears throat> right? And my grandfather called in. I mean, like, oh, who was God. watching? I don't know. I mean, obviously, he did it forever. Obviously, somebody was watching, but right. he didn't get through, right? So the next day, my grandfather called back. <laughs> Unless he answered the phone, and they talked for who knows. I don't know. My mom told me this. My grandfather never told me this. But I just thought, imagine. First of all, imagine what that conversation must have been like, right? Oh. And secondly, like. Less less died at 74 years old. I mean, he he lived a very full life. Um my grandfather's 25 years older than Less. <laughs> wow. And they're just two old guys talking ball for 3 minutes or 5 or hell probably 17 minutes for all I know. Right. Um, right. You know, my grandpa's an equal opportunity offender. He he's got a joke for every <laughs> everybody. So I'm sure he threw three or four that were super offensive and uh Less probably threw some back, but I always think about that. Sure. I I do. Um and then you know, just just today, I didn't know Therese Paler. Uh, he was a national NFL writer. He's thirty-seven yeah. years old. He passed away. Yeah. Um, Did he?
1: Holy shit!
0: Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, we're. This is early Tuesday evening, guys. As we record, this is like from five o'clock on because I, I probably got oh on Twitter five fifteen, five thirty when I finished my work today. So, I don't know with exactly why. Right? What's that?
1: He's been writing for Yahoo. For Yahoo,
0: recently, for Yahoo right? yeah, yeah. So
1: damn. I knew of damn, him because I damn. read
0: and I, you know, I follow. Um, yeah. So e- even on top of that, just some other stuff that, you know, I've been dealing with guys, you know, check on the ones you love. It's easier than ever with the texts, but now that we're not really going anywhere, just call. If they don't answer, they don't answer, but check on yeah. your peoples. You know, that's what I would say. Um, yeah, I would say watch Ohio state basketball. They're pretty good. Last night they was are. a total classic trap game. Um I went to bed, but they won. Um uh, Chris <laughs> Holtman, wonderful guy, I got to know him a little bit. Got a really good team that's um uh, seems, at least through the TV, you know, pretty egoless and uh not right. superstars. A good, yeah. Why, they
1: you play talk, hard. why are you talking about it? And they're the number four team in the country. I gotta yeah. tell the story while it's while it's hot. It's good. Um so you bring up Coach Holtman, right? First year at Ohio State. They bring him up to Progressive Field. It's like Ohio State Day or whatever. The band's there. No one really knows him. I kind of knew him because of where he was at previously. Matter of fact, I think I was texting you asking you questions for me to ask him. Yes, but that, you that's your favorite, right? <laughs> right, because he was bringing he was bringing a kid from Jackson with him, and I was like, all right, I know that part. What else should I ask him? See, I can admit, and I, and, and I got to tell you, as reporters, don't be afraid. Like if I know Zach knows more about something than me, it ain't often, but I will go to him and say, give me, give me two. Like, like, help, like, let me know. So anyway, I was supposed to interview him. like, somewhere in the stands, but somehow he got caught up. He, I, Well, here, surprise, surprise. He went into the radio booth with, with, um, with hammy and hammy chewed his ear off and kept him way longer than he was supposed to. So, because hammy loves college basketball and baseball. If you didn't know, just, just tune on the radio on February 27th and you'll hear. Um, <laughs> So they kind of say to me, hey, Trey, can you come up to them? Can you you come up? And I love you, Hammy. By the way, speaking of that, and I'm going to give flowers as they are, Tom Hamilton, I love you and I appreciate you. Um, He did what Zach just said. Tom Hamilton called me two Fridays ago at 9.30 a.m., and we talked for an hour and a half. And the only reason he called me was, son, we haven't talked in a long time. I miss you. I want to make sure you're in that beautiful family. We're all right. And literally, we talked for an hour and a half after that. Tom Hamilton, I should have been calling you. You shouldn't have been calling me. I appreciate you caring about me the way you care about me. But anyway, he chewed off Chris Oldman's ear. So I run up to the booth, and I go to the booth next to the, our TV booth, right? And sometimes you see us do pregame in, in the booth next to the, to the television booth. Sometimes we do you know, random stuff. So anyway, I do the interview with Coach. He's about my height. And Matt Underwood, not realizing that we're in the booth next door to us and trying to be funny, goes, Man, he must be a hell of a basketball And he says it's on air. But because we're in the booth over, we can hear through the booth. And Matt goes, Man, he must be a hell of a basketball coach if he can look if Andre can look him in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and coach hears him and I hear him and we bust the door down and he goes, What? That dude's got a great personality. He gets it, and he coaches ass off. It was just a funny story. Matt turned bright red when it happened. It was a great – Matt was really busting my balls. But But it just came out as, damn, Chris, you're short.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is wonderful. Uh,
1: Yeah, Um, I'm sorry. I
0: had to get the story. Yeah. Hey, guys, so, you know, Dre, baseball is on, on time,
1: right? As of now, yeah. Okay. Hopefully we start on April first. I'm always worried about getting the regular season. Yeah, well what, training could be goofy.
0: Yeah. It seems seems like it. Um, if you guys got questions for us or something you want us to talk about, send it. We're still gonna do one of these a week, maybe more. You know, I don't know. Um I would just tell you guys from my job standpoint, like not having the combine, it sucks because that's where all, everybody I mean, we talk I told Combine stories earlier, like I could rattle off the biggest freaks that I saw there. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, but, like, right. the whole league came together for five or seven days, and you got to see all the prospects up close. So, it's different in that regard. Um, it makes it more challenging. Like, I have to go dig. I have to look up bios. I have to call scouts and find out who's who they like. I have to look, you know, go watch some games. Uh, just the oddest college year ever. So the NFL league year today is what February 9th. So we're about five weeks out because the NFL league year starts on the 17th, which means tampering. And usually the illegal tampering takes place at the combine. So this is another interesting layer to it.
1: Cause if Good you talk point. in
0: the hallway or if you talk at Starbucks or you talk at the bar, you can't be traced on, on anybody's phone. Right. Um, right. not that these agents can't afford burner phones and all that, but we start doing burner phone podcasts and we got real problems. But anyway, um,
1: like well, we Mar- start doing Burner podcasts, we're going to have to make a lot more money doing this. We're, gonna, we're about to about to get shot.
0: If we do. <laughs> three three days before that is the league year. So, yeah, you're looking at about four or five weeks until um, free agency. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. It kind of feels to me like the Eagles started leaking some things and right. that we're trying to get some other offers, trying to get some offers upped. I don't know. I mean, what the, do you do? This, what do you do there, Drake? See, this
1: one's simple. Well, why did you fire the coach? If, this is it, if you still got a problem with Carson Wentz, you shouldn't have ran the coach that you may have put in a weird situation. That seems like a backwards-ass organization. They got their ring. Um, the only team that's going to trade for him, let's be honest, Indianapolis should because they have a relationship with him and they think they can get him right. But the Bears are the ones, in my opinion, that are going to mess around and put their life on him and then everybody will get fired next year. That's just my feel for it right now, Zach. The Colts, to me, are a great situation – um, it's a nice cockpit, Phil Savage line. It's a nice cockpit to walk into if you got the right quarterback. And because their coach had some success with them, I can see them being interested. I can also see the coach going, we ain't giving you two first round picks more. Um, and that's where the Eagles really have to—they got to they gotta look in the mirror. You decided it's a little bit like the Rams. Nobody put a gun to your head to pay this kid over a hundred million dollars over the next four or five years. You did that. So now you got to you gotta eat a little bit of it or – and like and I said this, and I know everybody doesn't agree with me. I tip my hat to the Rams for admitting a mistake. That's hard for men to do. It's really hard to do for men that get paid a lot of money and, and live in houses like those guys live in. I am curious. Chicago's a bad situation, right? Um, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm not happy if you bring in Wentz, but you wait and see. Yeah. So those are the two teams. Those are the two teams in my opinion Zach that will play into this um, and it seems like the Eagles are drumming it up but they can drum it up all they want um, I'll go off of uh, Coach Silas you can't make chicken. you can't make chicken soup off chicken shit like he is what he is. yeah okay Um, first I'll say this
0: when you said you did that you sound like Mindy yelling at the dog after the dog eats the styrofoam from the Amazon boxes and it's all over she says you did that you did that (laughs) (laughs) I
1: bet it worked Um, well (laughs) no I I know
0: what you're saying and and yeah clearly there was everything went wrong there right I mean we've seen Carson Wentz play well Um, great You know, and and for more than a month, for more than, you know, one stretch of one season. So if he's right, he's worth a lot. That's what quarterbacks are worth. Um, He's not, so you get him at a little bit of a discount. Now, I will say this I agree with with your general thoughts on on who's calling. Um, I would say there's more teams for this reason. At the right price, a team that would be willing to take a chance or just. Sell to their fan base, ownership, whomever that they're taking a the chance. You could do it for the right price. You get him, and if it doesn't work, you're bridging to the next guy anyway, right? But, but that but is you, more. Okay, in, yeah. That is more in you you're right. giving late rounders, and you're doing like the salary. Right. If they're really wanting and. a one plus, which is what a good quarterback the starting price for a good right. quarterback, then I got big problems. And then if I'm indie and I got a roster that's a playoff roster, and I'm in the most winnable division in the league. I need a quarterback. So, yeah, I understand why Philly would be having an auction on that there. Right. right. Um, and, you but, know, Indy, playing inside, like you mentioned, Frank Reich's coached him. You know you're going to a good organization with with a good staff and good receivers. You're not hanging the guy out to dry. I mean, let's be honest. Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. But next year, if you're trying to win games, you would rather have Carson Wentz than a kid than Justin
1: Fields. Yeah. You know? Pro- yeah, um, no doubt. No doubt. Yes, yeah, so- But you just said something about Price. I agree with you for price, but it's double price here. It's not only I may have to give up draft cachet, but he's still got a contract. What for four more years, 120, $130 million.
0: Yeah. There's, there's at least two more years of guarantees on it that are
1: outrageous. Price. Right. Yes. So that's where the price is difficult for me. So I, that's why I'm kind of like, I can only see two teams really, you know, and money is relative in the NFL. Speaking. speaking. All right. Let's last thought guy,
0: is we get out of here, um, on NFL free agency. So, in the next day or so, I don't know when because we had the Marty stuff uh, and we didn't even really talk Well, about let me it. do
1: this. Time out. Time okay. out. I'm going to ask you this something that may play right into it. I'm, because this is, I'm going to put my Browns hat on, my Browns fans hat on. <laughs> How much money would you be willing to hear the Cleveland Browns be willing to pay for Shaq Barry to come play opposite Miles Garrett?
0: Well, a lot, but I can tell you
1: he didn't even make my list
0: um, because the Bucks Damn! are. For two reasons, <laughs> the Bucks aren't going to let him go, and if they do, Stop. some other team is going to pay him through the roof, and the Browns aren't going to do that.
1: So the Browns can't afford him, which is I'm trying to get people well, to say that they can't. The they Browns can't
0: afford-, can afford anybody, but the Browns have other things pending, right? Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, so we th- th- that's a good question. I mean, that's a hot name, right? I just don't see mm-hmm. how the Bucks win the Super Bowl and let him walk. You know, uh, I think you find a way. I mean, teams are kept press they find a way you you keep who you right. want to keep in 70 percent of these yeah. um so i don't know when mine will go you're you're going to see them popping up if you follow the athletic and, and really it's what everybody's starting to do especially because there is no combine um but we we had a list dropped today from from shield Kapadia, uh one of our national writers who's, who said these are my top 50 free agents and then we kind of take that in, in, you know, whether it's our three needs and six guys that fit or top 20 free agents on the defensive side, whatever it is, right? You guys know. Um At this stage, just remember last year, when his list came out the top 100 in mid February, 17 of the top 25 never made it to the market. So it's wow. fun to talk about. It's fun to radio right about. It's fun to tweet about, but 17, the top 25 were retained by their current teams because the best players don't hit the market. That's just how right. it goes. Um, for Jack Conklin to hit the market, you know the, the Titans had to decline his option the year before because he got hurt in a playoff game, and then they had to pay Tannehill and Henry at the same time, so they couldn't pay Jack Conklin. Like that's just that's right. how it went. Like there's going to be some circumstance. This this pass rusher from the Saints, Trey Hendrickson, who had 13 and a half sacks and had that's which is double than the amount he had in his entire career before this year like right
1: that scares me by the way
0: yeah no and it should but if they want to keep him they'll keep him they'll they'll cut other guys right. and trade other guys right it's just they might have to let him go because they they have obviously a good team and they're in a weird spot because they're losing their quarterback uh and they have right. major cap issues so they might be a team this is where the browns are sitting pretty this is where andrew berry did a real good job the Browns are sitting on an extra three, an extra four. We know the late-round picks don't mean shit to the Browns because they're trying to win now. And they're sitting on a right. good amount of cap money, enough to do whatever they want, really. You know, um, you start adding in four extensions, maybe not, right, and keeping Higgins and all that, but theoretically they can do whatever they want. But to oh, some, keep teams it that, some teams that need to shed space, some teams that need to keep a certain guy or a certain two guys, the Browns can trade a four four and a six and get a proven player and that's what the browns are looking for the browns need to greatly upgrade their secondary and their defensive line and they need to steady out the linebacking core right that's that's fair yes. without going too deep so you could get one big ticket free agent or even two you could get one big ticket free agent and two middle ones and spend your whole draft on it or you could you know not overpay because you're thinking about having a three-year window and use some trades to get some guys. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. As I said last week, like, I'm not sure. I know they need help, and they'd love to have a young pass rusher, and it'll probably work out. But, like, for the 2021 Browns, I'm not sure what the 26th pick in the draft means to them. You know?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you said that because I got, like, and I love what you're saying. And you got to be careful with the kid from New Orleans. Like I said, they just have big numbers out of nowhere. Not that that doesn't mean that they can't legitimately continue doing that. And I know the T.J. Watt thing is, tj i know the jj watt thing is fun to talk about and maybe if it fits but there's too, there's a lot of other things that go along with that And i'm not saying it's something that you don't look at um stop with the richard sherman stuff i love richard sherman he can't run and kansas city would their lip they would their eyes would light up if you set him up one side um i want youth and i want speed zach and i've heard and i'm not attacking i've heard some browns fans say see look what the tampa bay linebackers can do the browns like Taki Taki can do that and it's like nah those two linebackers for the Bucks are special dudes, um, and it took and, we, and Zach brought this up earlier without even knowing I was going to go back to it. The Bucks made a conscious effort to have athletic linebackers. I don't know the reason why, um, but that's just what they do, right? The Browns have made a conscious effort, I believe, to have athletic, fast linebackers, and I think this becomes a part of the key of the off season. I think talkie talkie's eye. But I think Jacob Phillips is—he's is, is, the guy I put a star around right now. Not saying he's a star, Zach, but they got to find out. I feel in the next six and a half, seven months, can we put Jacob Phillips on the field for every snap? Can he bump Travis Kelsey the way we watched David and those guys bump Travis Kelsey? Kelsey still had 100 yards, but they made life hell for him early on because of the rush that they were getting from their front four. And I'm not saying that's the only way you beat Kansas City, but it's the only way we've seen Kansas City beat in, like, two years. Um, Mac Wilson, to me, is just Mac Wilson. That's why I put – I would love to sit in a room and hear them talk about their linebacking core. Because, yes, they have – I would draft a defensive end. I would draft – like they did with the tight end last year. If there's – you know, like they did with Harrison – what's his uh, last name? I can't think of his last name right now. Um, The kid from – that. Oh, Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant, yes. Bryant, yes. I would do a Harrison Bryant pick with the defensive end this year, meaning I would take value, you know, if, you know, like if there's a run on them and you're at 26 or you're in the second round and maybe you take a defensive end that's, that's got some talent there that maybe you need to put some weight on, maybe you need to, you know, but you see a true pass rusher. But I would also sign one. Um, and in that line, like, I keep going back to it. I think in the way the league is now, even with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh don't try to run it down your throat no more. Yes, against Baltimore, they tried to. But I think you need Tampa Bay-type linebackers that can stay on the field for three downs, that can run, turn their back and run, can run down your running backs when you want to run you know, quick spread-type plays. That, to me, is the way things are going. And Jacob Phillips was drafted last year, Zach. You know better than I because they thought he had the versatility to be a little bit like what we saw Sunday. In the Super
0: Bowl. Oh, he's a big, fast dude. There's no doubt about it. His rookie year was derailed for several reasons, but he's a big, fast dude. And he was only 21 this year, so. Right. Yeah, no, um, let me clarify what what I said and what you said there. And when I say that I'm not sure what the 26th pick means to the Browns, I don't mean that they've arrived or they're so good they don't need it. I mean, it's not right. eighth pick, so there's not a guy that you're going to look at day one and say this is going to impact this team and in two years is for sure going to be a star. I, I'm talking, right. I want veteran defensive players out there, and then I'm fine with, the, like you said, those third, fourth round guys who you get a little burn, you get them ready to, and you then you look down the road for reinforcements. But right now, I'm looking for guys, plug and play, game one, we're thinking about winning, champ. we're thinking about playing for championships, right? No, like,
1: doubt. no I'm doubt.
0: not afraid to go get ryan kerrigan and play him 12 snaps a game during the regular season so go. i got and there let him go. teach my go. second round pick right there you go like i'm yeah. not afraid to go get a free safety even though i'm intrigued by this whole harrison Delpic combo because i want to get everybody lined up and i want to know he's in the right place and can play anywhere and then when shit hits the fan in week 15 and we're, we're down three defensive backs i'll play him at slot corner if i need to Right, right, Right. that's what I'm saying. Just when you're sitting picking 26th and 58th, like who are you going to get for for 2021? The draft is still the lifeblood of your organization. You still need reinforcements in a lot of places. I'm just saying when you start thinking about how can the 2021 Browns win the division to play a playoff game at home to have real chances to beat these teams, they got to be a lot better. And I want 25, 26, 28 year olds rather than 21 years to do that.
1: I want men. Hey, uh, I I like Grant Delpit. I like watching him at LSU. Um, His comparison, Mr. Winfield Jr. has made his strides a lot tougher as he comes back from that injury. Because that's who they're going to be compared to because he was drafted before him. It's just how it works. Right, no, kids can't run
0: from that. That's for sure. Um, Right. You'd like to think that they're going to have Grant Delpit and Greedy from day one and that both those guys are going to grow up and be better. You just don't know. You just, and you hear nerve issue with greedy and you just don't know. And you look Ooh, at how greedy played as right. a rookie and you just don't know. Right. So, right. Um, right. You don't ever write anybody off as a rookie. Uh, that that's, that's for sure. Especially when you consider what his rookie year was. Right. Um, right. But, but we'll see. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we got to go. I just realized what time it was. So we appreciate you. Uh, Thank you very much. We appreciate you, American Fireworks. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Seen in Honeymoon Grill as well. For Andre, I'm Zach. We'll talk to you soon on A to Z. Konnichiwa, Super Bowl.